I'm Tim Burrows. Today's guest is Matt Cooper, founder of the global advertising archive, Little Black Book. Matt was in Australia to help judge LBB's Immortal Awards and to launch the latest version of their platform. The secret ingredient that Little Black Book offers? Industry fame. I started by asking Matt why he was in town. Um, listen, firstly, it's a pleasure to join you. Uh, what brings me to Australia this time is, is two things, really. It is one, we've, we've done our local judging for the Immortal Awards, um, which we've done in, in 15 different countries so far. Um, so that's what firstly brings me here is... You know, well, tell you what, unless before we get to number two, tell me a bit more about the Immortal Awards. Yeah, the Immortal Awards is something we started about, well, we started about exactly six years ago now. Um, prior to starting Little Black Book, I, I worked at The Mill. I was a post guy and I and I'd created a system called Beam TV that, that ran all the big award shows. Uh, the, the, uh, it ran the, the judging and the entry points to, you know, DNAD, CAN, the Clio's, all those big shows. And um, we we were we were asked by many to start an award show, and I, I thought it was a terrible idea. You know, to me, there's there's too many award shows already. Why start another? But one of our investors, and our chairman, I guess, is John Hegarty, and we sat and discussed it with him and talked about you know what an award show could look like. And John Hegarty being the H of BBA, exactly, Big John, yeah, John Hegarty. I mean, you know, and and the man has a, an understanding of awards and creativity that I think few have really you know globally so we start we started the show and our show was to be different you know no categories um, no cost to enter it's free for all of our members and um it's about giving out less statues and not more so it's really hard to win really easy to enter and it's it's fantastic and you know what we do is we judge it locally regionally then globally so this week i judged with the anz jury that, that was incredible um, we've been in Mexico, we've been in Dubai, London, Chicago, New York, Toronto, Ireland. We've judged everywhere, but we judge with local juries. And what we do is we kind of distill the work through that process. So instead of doing one big jury in Cannes or something, you know, we do it over local juries uh, and they take their work through to the final, which is in New York in about two weeks' time. Um, well, that's one that's one reason for being in Australia, and um, I think you were just about to come on to a second reason as well. Yeah, the second is that we, we relaunched the site, and you know, we've we've spent two years rebuilding what we've 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 had for so many years now, and it's been a big thing. And th this is a market to us that's very important. It's one we want to push out to the rest of the world. That's really our job, right? Our job is to celebrate creativity and to get people to see the Australian work, ANZ work, I should say outside of the market as well as in the market. So we want to keep it. Well, it's worth drilling into a bit because I think we'll probably have sort of two sides of our audience. There'll be people who kind of work within creative agencies who are probably quite familiar with LBB and then people maybe from that sort of wider media world and marketing world might be less so. So it's probably just worth explaining what LBB is and what, you know, how, what you see as your mission. Yeah, I mean, our mission is really simple, right? It's to celebrate creativity. That, that's what we do. Um, but we're, you know, many see us as a news channel, but we're really a platform. We're really a platform in its truest sense. I mean, a lot of people use that word now, but we're one place where you can post your news and you can work with us editorially. Um, you can send us all your great work and you can enter our award show. So it's it's one place where you can do almost everything that a creative company needs to do. And of course, you know, clients and brands now really want to see 
who's doing what. The world's changed, right? So, you know, roll back 10, 15 years, Tim, and you know as well as I do that um, a, a brand goes to an agency. That's not, not the way it always is now. They might go to a post-south. They might go to a prodco. So we kind of work with everyone and look at the world in a, in a, in a bigger way, I guess, really. And it's interesting because the one, the one word you didn't use there, which I suppose is one of the things I also think of LBB is an archive as well in that everybody uploads all of their work. Do you, do you see it that way too? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it almost drives more traffic than the news does. And, and the archive is working in a, in a really smart way now. So, you know, again, it's one of the reasons that I'm here really to, is to show people that, you know, we're a news channel first. That's what drives the traffic for most. But the archive actually drives more. And, you know, you, you can upload your work to our system now and use it as many would Vimeo. So, you know, there's lots of production companies around the world who host their video through our platform. So it works as Vimeo would or something like that or YouTube or Google. And, and that's really interesting, actually, Tim, because, you know, if you look at a big network, and I won't name one, but I know a network, for example, that's 300 different Vimeo accounts. It's, it's crazy. And the cost of that is, is wild, you know. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I, I think also it's actually quite, and I, th- I, I guess I think of this more wearing my sort of publisher hat, but it's also quite a big decision where to host your video as well. You know, if I, if I think about, you know, when I, you know, when I was one of the owners of Umbrella, we would almost change every couple of years where we were hosting the videos and then, you know, it'd be some small local business and then they'd go out of business and like all of the video would be lost. I suppose one of the benefits of sort of the longevity of LBB being around for so long is, um, you know, that's an actual archive that goes backwards in some depth as well. Well, well it is. I mean, you know, now you can click on yourself as a person or as a company and see your archive for 15 years. But I mean, you know, back to where it's stored, you know, if you're sensible now, there's only two places really to store your stuff, and that's Google and Amazon. Yeah, Google and Amazon, that's that's where we store, you know. So I think that it's understanding. Again, it goes back to where I come from. You know, my, my, my job before this, I wasn't I wasn't a publisher. I was a guy that worked for a post house in tech, and we'd created what was at the time the biggest asset management system in the world. So this was Beam TV. Beam TV. And this this thing is now bigger. So, you know, what, what fascinates me, you know, talking about the archive, and I love to talk about this stuff, you'll keep me going all day, is that, you know, most agencies are really bad at this stuff. Most production companies are really bad at this stuff. They don't understand the value of an archive and they they lock it away. Our idea is to give it to the world. So, you know, why would you as a global network create an archive that no one can see? It makes no sense. And I suppose the thing that strikes me as well is, I know we think of the internet as now being forever. Do... um. Are there great ads out there that are just lost now, do you think? Or can anything be found? No, absolutely. I mean, you know, what one of our roles, Tim, is to is to educate the business. So, you know, I was saying this last night, funny enough, you know, if, if you're a hairdresser, you know who Vidal Sassoon is. If you're a, a film student, you know who Ridley Scott is. If you're an advertising young kid now, you don't know Guinness Surfer. You, do, you don't know these things. So our archive is not just about a place to store, but it's a place to educate. And what we want to make sure is, is that people see all this great work, young people coming into the business, because it's all free to view, you see, I think. So there's there's no limit to what you can do there. So this is going down a bit of a rabbit hole, but you've just made me think about this. So, you know, there's there's always talk about, you know, there's always a legendary lost episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. Is there a famous ad out there that people talk about that is just lost, that nobody has ever found, that 
that's you, you know you've you've ever come across people hunting for for instance I, I don't know about loss but i think that we've lost the the understanding of our history so you know very often you get asked what's your favorite ad right you know you, you must have been asked this a million times yeah i always well actually no i change my mind depending when you often i'll say tango white cliffs of Dover. Yeah. yeah but but we all get asked that question that, that if you if you said that to a 25 year old advertising person now they have no idea of what you're saying so i think I'm, and i'm making a mental note we must put a link to that in our show notes as well but i think so many things have been lost i mean mine is always you know vw snowplow i love it i love its simplicity i love its beauty and you know we, we, now this is the one what the snowplow driver drives to get to work that's fantastic right in a, in a small crappy vw beetle of course right but i mean it's just fantastic and i think you know part of our job is to make sure that these ads are seen by people um, because you need to know what's been before. You need to understand what's been made and how it was made, you know. So whether there's anything out there lost or not, I mean, probably, right? There's loads of bottom drawers, but um, our job is to expose the good stuff, the stuff that's run and done, you know. Well, let's drill a little bit more into kind of the kind of the relaunched version of the website. What's what's the new functionality that you couldn't do before that you can now? There's, there's lots, but but actually... Some of it is similar. It was just hidden. You know, we'd built a site over 12 years. It was just, it's like a, a lastoplast. You're just putting more and more crap on a on a crappy cut, you know. And so what, what we did this time was we we sat down over two years with a with a UX team and redesigned and gave people a view to, to what they could do. So, I mean, much of it's similar, Tim, really, but it's exposing what we did before, really. And I think... A lot of it is about how you use and work with this stuff. So, you know, you can you can play with our archive, you can build reels, you can create compilations, but you can also deep dive into the data. So as a as a you know, a comms or marketing person from an agency or production company, you can you can see what your news and work is doing. You can dive into that data and you can download it. So, you know, I guess what we give people um that, that no one else really does is 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 a is a genuine visible return on investment. So here's what my news is doing. Here's what my work is doing, and let's compare it to other companies. So, you know what many use things like you know melt water incision for. With us, you have that kind of free. And when you deep you know when you deep dive into that, it's kind of fascinating because what we can actually help people do is see what's trending, see what's working. Um, and you know most people don't know right so if you're if you're a big agency you're 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 some of your news is to shout about hey we've just won at can we're like no one cares about that what people really care about is how you made that ad what was the what was the process what was the creative thought and you know with us you can do that and you can see it and you can track it now based in based in london but pushing harder into apac um since you sort of I, I guess brought extra focus to to the region. What have been the big challenges for you to overcome, and maybe what have the wins been? I think that the 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 tough bits are kind of you know I hear it a lot down there, muscle memory. So it's people thinking about you know the first time I came to Australia, and this is about eight or nine years ago to to show this thing. People are like, well, why, why would we need that? We've got we've got X, you know, and I won't name those X's. Oh God, you can name X. <laughs> I think the X we're talking about is campaign brief, probably. Well, no, I mean there's few, there's few X's, and you know, I'm, I'm not to knock any publication, but you know, I think what we've done over the last two or three years, particularly with a new team, is got people to understand that we can give a global view to Australian or ANZ or APAC, whatever we call it, advertising, and 
I think that's what people really want. If you think about Cairn is a great example. You know, the Aussies and the Kiwis spend a load of money going to this place for a couple of days, and then they forget about the rest of the year. And, you know, so I think it's muscle memories that is what we've had to, to break down. It's people thinking about why we're different um, and what benefit is there. To, so, so as an example, you know, I can almost guarantee you that we give more global views to this market than any other publication. Global views. And that, that's interesting. And I think, I think the market's begun to understand that now. So, um, but it's, it really is. It's really getting people, like, like any market, actually, Tim. You know, we, when we started this thing, we were in London, right? We were up against magazines like Campaign and, you know, those sort of guys. And everyone's like, and shots, why would you want something different? And I think, you know, we've overtaken those people in traffic now. And, and the really interesting thing for us to get across to people is that we're not an echo chamber. You know, what we've done is we've, we've carefully constructed a business starting, as we, we've, we've always called it, bottom up. So we went from post production to agency to brand. Our biggest reader is client by a country mile. And that's not true with all publications. They'll, they'll tell you it is. Interesting. And when clients are reading, is this to read about themselves or to research the market or to when they're maybe thinking of running a pitch and they're looking at other talent? What? How are clients actually using it? It's this? some of the all. And, and you know, sometimes we, we kind of behave like a, an intermediary. You know, people will read our stuff. Um, we can see what they're reading, of course. You know, we don't publish that. But, um, and, and very often people call us and say, hey, you know, we're looking for an independent agency in New York or something like that. Can you help us? And we absolutely do. Um, so, we, we you know, we put people in touch with agencies and we help in that way. So, so they're reading it to see what's happening in the creative world. Um, there is an element for sure, because the, the clients are joining now, you know, clients like Lego, BT, Telstra, they're joining as members too, so they can talk about their creative work, because as you know, Tim, you know, 75 to 90% of clients have now got something in-house, whether it's production, agency, or, or whatever it might be. And also, you know, to add, um, and this is perhaps controversial, but, a CMO's life expectancy is, is shortened it was. So like a director, they need fame, right? That's really interesting. It, you're, you, you're, you're right, they do. I'm not sure they always admit it, though, do they? I I, uh, to me, they do. <laughs> to you, they probably do. I don't know. I think, that, no. you know, like, I suppose maybe I've never been cheeky enough to say, why are you on stage? Because, you know, I, I feel like the answer will be about giving back to the industry or something. But you're you're right. Um, do you think, though, do you think marketing directors with fame, does that help them retain the job they're in? Or is it more about helping them get the next job? I think probably both, really. I mean, it's like a director, isn't it? It's like a creative. You know, we all need to... We all need to celebrate the great work we've done. And I think I think that, you know, what interests me about the business we run is that initially there's been a bunch of magazines. So you'd have a magazine that wrote about production. You'd have a magazine that wrote about advertising. You'd have a magazine that wrote about marketing. And to me, that's kind of nonsense, really. We all, we're, all, we're all working together. And what I love about what we've done, Tim, is that we've brought them all together on a global stage. And, you know, you, you don't know now, you know, when I look at Australia, for example, you know, the, the work we've judged, or sorry, ANZL, I should say, the work we've judged this week has probably been, if I'm honest, the best I've seen this year. So as a, a selective reel, 
it was probably the strongest. And I think that nowadays you, you don't know as an agency, you know, there's, there's no agency of record anymore. That's gone right to some degree. So you don't know where your next job's coming from. And as a client, you don't know which crate if you want to work with. So I think whether you're looking for a big network or a small indie or a production company to shoot the stuff, you know, where do you go for that? And we, we, we've kind of got that wrapped up now. So it's interesting. And I'll, I'll watch the views of who's coming in and it just fascinates me that we've kind of got them all together in one world. It's close the loop is what we say. And uh, let's just talk about your business model a bit. Obviously, you do carry um, some um some display ads but my my sense if i understand it rightly is that your single biggest revenue stream is effectively it's a membership model yeah. where, where people pay for the ability to host all of this stuff yeah. um how yeah how do you structure that how do you make money is is that i mean i i don't i don't want to put ads on our site i don't want you know we get contacted every day by people who you know can you as i'm sure you have in the past you know can we can we serve these ads here. I, I don't want to make money that way. I want to make money by a very fair membership scheme. So whether you're a, a big post house or a small post house or a big agency or a small agency, everyone pays the, pays the same. So yeah, it's a membership scheme. So, you know, remember I come from this world. I'm, I'm not a publisher before I was a, I was at Sarge's in the eighties or at the mill in the nineties. And, you know, we're always begging all of us for column space. And we, we wanted to change that and give someone a structured membership that allowed them to to send us news, to pitch us ideas, to upload their archive, to enter the award show all at one cost. And that's really, really worked for us because, you know, when we first took it to America, people are like, this is pay to play. I'm like, dude, everything's pay to play. You know, let's be very honest. And, and what we created was a thing that we just had more and more to. And I think that it's fair. It's realistic. It, it's a really clear business model like our, our return um return subscriptions are 80 to 90 percent so it's working and i think that it's kind of fair right you don't have to think about i mean i know one publication that we compete with for cash for example have 17 different award shows and that's crazy that's crazy ours is just you, you pay a membership and you're in you know and um are you profitable in your main markets we're profitable, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, the thing a lot of people don't know about us is that we, we do run a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very cautiously devised business. We've we've really considered this from day one. You know, as I keep saying, we're not from the publication world, and you know, publications are struggling now because their their revenue to date has been selling paper magazines, selling job adverts, and running events. Well, think about those three things. No one prints a publication anymore. Um, the award shows perhaps aren't great. Uh, I sh sorry, I shouldn't say that loud, but I did. Um, <laughs> no one, no one runs a job ad in a, a magazine anymore, and you know events got pummeled through COVID. So we, we wanted to create something really simple and, and neat to to buy and use. Tim, and you're overall profitable. And does that mean that sort of the London uh, head office? subsidizes some of the other operations no, or is each I mean, one no, standing no, on so its own so, feet now you know we work in different ways so with many of the big networks right we have global deals in place that's what really differentiates us so you know if you're you know let's think about this right there's 1100 publications in the advertising world 
and it's tough to want it's tough to work with all those guys and 1100 11 wow, that's that's when i started this i studied that really hard and yeah you know i, I work with you know and our investors by the way tim i mean we've got you know I, i'm i'm the the main owner but we have a bunch of investors in our business they're all from adland and they're all big 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 names like you know john hegarty and people you'd know and they help us think about what we should do so i think mm. that um you know the, the concept of buying into every publication is almost impossible now so so we've we've, we've almost always been profitable actually uh, and we we put all of our money back into growth every year um but the business is in good shape yeah well, you've touched a little bit on um, the state of creativity in Australia. Uh, while you've been in town, um, talk about local local work. Have you seen any good Christmas ads? Yeah, I've seen. I've been. I've seen a bunch, right? Um, and What's I've seen like? some good ads in general. I mean, I think Telstra have done a great job this year, haven't they? Ozpost was yes. good. There's a there's a bunch of nice work, but I mean, I, I think I think you know, not not just Christmas. Looking at the work over the year, it, it's kind of fantastic. You know, ads like Catmandu. Um, you know, you look at that piece and what's great about doing this judging around the world is you see now that, you know, it's a it's a global business and everyone's catching up and getting better and smarter and faster. So, you know, if you roll back, I guess, I don't know, 10 years, five years, you know, Cam was so dominated by, but any award show was dominated by America and the UK. It's not like that anymore. It's really not. Now, you mentioned that you came up through agencies, including um, starting up at Star- Such and Such. Um, do you ever miss working that side of the fence, working in an agency? No, I, I miss, I mean, you know, I was at the mill from, I think, something like, I forget the dates wrong, I'm getting old, so I forget, right, 94 to about 2006. And I miss, I miss the times when, you, you know, you're working on something so good. And you'll gather around a monitor to celebrate that work that you've created as a team. I mean, that's that's a moment, isn't it? Um, and I, I love that. And I was lucky to be there at that time. You know, during that time, that that company were probably the most creative company in the world. Really, I, I, I love. I've lucked out, Tim. I went from Sarge's in the eighties in London to the Mill in the nineties, which you know they they kind of dominated the world at that point. And um, so I miss seeing the work. I miss seeing it before it's finished. I miss. You know the discussion with the director of what what should we do with it? that's fascinating isn't it but I, I, lo- I love what we do now sorry tim yeah no no that's that, that that's a super in, in, interesting observation um we um uh just recently um unmade um ran a kind of end of year event called compass and one of the the points one of the speakers made at that was that um production budgets have just gone down over the years in terms of what can be you know put into any individual campaign um do you firstly um would would you agree with that observation but on top of that has that actually changed the quality of the output at the other end do you think you know there seems to be this sort of general assumption that work isn't as good as it used to be and that feels like a bit of a cliche but is there a truth to that i mean how long have we got here right i think i think that um I think that there's still good budgets for good work. I think that, I mean, if I'm honest, I think that clients think they have to put everything everywhere and they don't really. I think we're, we're in a, a, a really interesting time in the business. To me, it's the best time in the business. It's, you know, you've almost got to be more creative than ever, but you've got to fight so much harder. 
you know we're all we're all doing twice the work for half the money and i think that um i think that we as an industry you know i think we've become slightly worse salespeople. that that's my thing i don't think we've got worse creatively i think the crate is still right up there but i think what we've got worse at doing is selling and i think you know it's really obvious if if, if you look at as to why right you know the, the world's changing so quickly if you're a if you're an agency like a big agency like you know publicist group a lot of your money is made in production so the production is coming out of production companies and perhaps the post if you're an agent or if you're a client sorry like lego you've got your own internal agency so we're all fighting for the same money now and i think that um we've got to get better at selling ourselves that's what i think just while we're chatting about lbb and it's sort of recent and not so recent history there was a point at which you were and i can't I think I was in the country at the time, so I know it will be since 2006. I can't quite remember exactly, but you were actually owned briefly by Out of Australia, by Adstream. Am I am I remembering that correctly? Absolutely correct. I mean, I knew... Yeah, the, what happened there? Well, I, I knew the owners and founders very well, and I guess that we had we had history because I'd started Beam TV, which was prior to Adstream, and Beam TV really was, you know, it was a game changer in asset management and, and distribution and all that sort of stuff, and... A couple of companies like Adstream and IMD popped up, and um, I think Adstream fell in love with the concept of what we developed. I, as I say, I knew the owners, so there was quite a personal thing there too. And I think what they probably thought was that if they bought us, I could get them to all the creative people that I knew. So it didn't work terribly well. They were literally buying you for your little black book. Uh, kind of, I think. Yeah, kind of, actually. And I think that, you know, we had to get in there and constantly re-pitch what our business was. And it, it was just, it was just, it wasn't the right, it wasn't the right place to be. I'm not knocking them. They're, they're great guys. But it, it just wasn't, it was a, a different belief, I guess, in what we both had. So, yeah, we took it back and made it independent again. What, what um... What would you change about the industry if you could? The advertising industry? Yeah. Um, I, I, I hope I can say this, but I try and grow some balls. I'm not being rude. I, I think that, you know, I've had a really interesting week this week and I've spoke to some really great CEOs who are, are really ballsy. And I think that, I think we need to, we need to push harder and realize our value as, as a, you know, realize the value of creativity and, and sell it harder, Tim. That's what I really believe. I think that, you know, I believe wholeheartedly, you know, I, I started this business because I love the business. I, I want to make it seen and heard by more. And I think that we need to push hard on how good we are, um, talk about ourselves in a much more positive light. I think, you know, some of the negativity around our business is, is crazy. And I, and I see this, by the way, in other publications, not not just here, but, you know, I've seen it in America with the, that, you know, the constant talk of diet medicine and this is wrong and that's bad. And, you know, we're bloody good at what we do to celebrate that. So I'd change the fact that we can push and love ourselves a bit more and push a bit harder and sell a bit better, really. Yeah. Um, now, that's it's interesting what you say, because, yeah, I think the way I would perceive LBB is it's about celebrating the positives of the industry um, in the sort of niche of creative agencies in Australia, Campaign Brief is one of the other publications where, you know, one of the ongoing, it's been a conversation I've been aware of for the 15, 17 years I've been here, has been the comments section of Campaign Brief. Um, do you, and I, I, 
I've struggled to think of something quite like campaign brief in other markets. Is there yeah. is there more snark in Australia than other markets? Do you by think? a mile, by a mile, and, I, and I'm not going to knock a single publication, but by a mile, and it's it's so peculiar. It's 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 almost like um, people have thrived on it here. But but you know, Tim, I, I believe that many of those people making those comments aren't even in the industry anymore. I think it's a bunch of older creative folk that. Um, I, I don't know. Look, it's it's wild, and there are other versions. There's there's something in America that does the same. In in London, we have Turkey of the Week, and I, it's just not you know. Look, well, yeah, Turkey of the Week is what campaign do where they point to their the ad that they think is a fail. It's just it's wrong. You know, if you think about what we're doing now in our business, right? We're talking about mental health and saving the world, and you're all battering each other. Like I don't understand it. You know. Turkey of the week as an example, you know, or, or campaign, but any, any of them really, you know, you're putting young creatives, it might be their first job. Uh, no one, no one wakes up in the morning and thinks I'm going to make a crap ad, right? You put your heart and soul into it and the change and thought along the way. I mean, I know because I've worked in these places and a lot of these publishers haven't, you know, so you see all this stuff and this negativity around, you know, a, a young person's first job can get Turkey of the week. Who's that helping? You know, think about mental health, let, let alone, you know, the client doesn't be reading it. So I, I I just, all that negative stuff to me is just, it's leave it in the 80s, you know, leave it in the 80s. It's ridiculous. If, that, if that's the way you have to drive traffic, then you've got a really messed up business model. Well, Matt, final question that we ask everybody we speak to. What do your critics say about you and what do your supporters say about you? I think to some degree they're the same, right? So critics are they don't know what we do. They don't really know what Little Black Book does. And that's that's our job because a lot of people look at us and say, you know, you're an international version of X or, or you're, you know, but we're not. We're, we're so different. So our, our job from a critic standpoint is to is to show people what we really do. And our thing is to celebrate the business, but, but also to save it money, Tim. I, I, I believe that if we can get you know, we've got a really good uptake on the business. I think we can save this business millions of pounds. So the critics perhaps don't understand what we wholeheartedly do, you know, from news to archive to award show. And I think, you know, pushing it the other way, those who celebrate us absolutely do understand what we do and are jumping further and further on board. So, you know, we've got global deals with lots of big networks. We've got fantastic local deals with small indies and post houses. And I think the more people understand it, the more they realise that, Actually, we're all right, you know, and we can help. If any of these people who haven't yet crossed paths and you want to reach you, how do they get hold of you? Uh, well, I could give them, I could give them a phone number, but e- email me at matt at lbbonline dot com. And um, you know, I I, I I I love talking to people, and I think that you know, from business owner to business owner, I, I know we can help people, and you know, we're enjoying that. It's it's, it's fantastic fun and. Um, I, you know, we have a business that is making money. We've got we're forty strong now, people wise, and we're in lots of different countries. And you know, we're really just starting, to be honest with you. Matt, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, mate. Thanks very much for this. I really appreciate it. Today's podcast was produced by Sajid Al Zaidi and edited with the help of Abe's Audio. More soon. Toodle pep. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.